0: Thank you for this opportunity we have to be together. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive honor and power and glory and blessing. We honor you, Lord Jesus, as our Savior, our Redeemer. We thank you, Lord, for your great love for us. Who could imagine that we could be loved by God in all of our sinfulness and in all the ways in which we've lived. Who could imagine that You love us even today as Your children when we're not obedient children, when we're unfaithful children, when we don't do those things that please You. Who would ever imagine that we would be saved and be Your child forever? Nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. So we say hallelujah, praise the Lord. Our hearts are warmed by the truth of your word and we thank you Lord for this chance tonight that we have to be in this place. We ask Heavenly Father that you might help us now for a while to just focus on your word and as we gather around it in fellowship together. We do pray tonight for those uh, children who find themselves in foster care and Uh, of no desire of their own we pray that their families could be reunited and if not that you might move them to a wonderful Christian family who might bring those children and adopt them and give them a new opportunity at life you are the father of the fatherless we have confidence in you we don't know all the stories we don't know all that happens but you are faithful and good merciful and loving And you are uh, the one who loves the least of the least so that we might learn to love the least of the least in our ministries here. We pray for all those who are studying God's Word, all of our Bible teachers tonight, the choir and the students and the children as they meet. Thank you for the rich blessing you give us here at our church. May we never take it for granted. It won't last forever. Help us to know our time and help us to be prepared to live for you every day of our life. Now may the Word of God come alive for us by the Holy Spirit's help. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good to see all of you tonight. And Scott, is that you up there? Okay, can you bring me up just a little bit? Thank you, Scott, for always doing what you do. I appreciate it so much. All right, so we're in Proverbs chapter number 19. If you need an outline... The outlines are here on the table. Also at the back, you can find them. So we find ourselves in the transition. Let me talk a little bit about the the, the, uh, structure of Proverbs and what we've looked at. And so you're always welcome to go back if you're interested in the various uh, printed outlines we have. They're all on the website. Uh, Or if you'd like to, you can reach out to Lori in the office and we can get them for you. But beginning back in chapter number 10... Uh, Proverbs chapter number 10, going all the way through to uh, Proverbs chapter number 18, which is where we were last week. We have these comparisons between righteousness and wickedness. We have contrasts they are shown to us. So over and over you, you read these words that show you a contrast. Here's the way the righteous live. Here's the ra- way the righteous speak. Here's the way the righteous those in a right relationship with God live. And then here's the way those who are wicked and without God live. So the contrasts are tremendously important. <clears throat> Someone said to me, well, Pastor Mike, it's really hard to remember all the Proverbs. Now, I'm not being smart, Alec. We are way over there. Way over, way over there. Uh So someone said, Pastor Mike, you know, I can't remember all the Proverbs. Yes, that's why you read them regularly. You're not going to, it's not like you did a book report and all of a sudden you say, okay, I've checked, I've done Proverbs. No, we go to the well of God's wisdom over and over and over. I recommend to you, my young people friends, and I recommend to you, my old people friends and all you in the middle Pick up the book of Proverbs. Make it a part of your life. This is the wisdom of God given to you. How do I know how to live for God? Pick up the book of Proverbs. Read it along with the rest of God's Word. So we have all the comparisons between what righteous people look like and what wicked people look like. It's not a judgment. It's just an observation. But then we come to a set of uh, what we call... uh, we, we call these next chapters, from chapter 19 all the way through, through uh, if you're just uh, turning through your Bible to chapter 23, from 19 to 23, we have these chapters on life and conduct. So now we're sh- shifting gears. So for the next, uh, Lord willing, the next weeks as we go, Uh, Gail I'm in first gear on the tractor And I'm going really slow Gail told me One time Ned Did not get the field cut She was tired of looking Now I'm making this into my own story She she was tired of looking at that field And so Ned went to work And so she said I'm just going to go out there And bush hog that field myself And Ned said Keep it in first gear Now, all of us who know Gale, do you believe Gale kept it in first gear? No. And as Ned said when he got back and looked at it, I'm going to have to do this field again. I don't believe that. I know you did it great. But we're plowing along in first gear. So if you're here looking for a fast answer, you came to the wrong place. We're slowly moving ourselves through the book of Proverbs. We're reading all the verses together and then we're highlighting some. So over the next week's, My observations will come in two sections. The first uh, section will be some life truths. Some life truths that we'll find in uh, in the chapter. And then secondly, you can see on the outline, we'll highlight some life conduct. Some ways we're to live. First, truths about life in this world. See, the Word of God will tell you the truth about living in this world. The world won't. The devil won't. Sinners won't. They lie to themselves. They deceive themselves. But the Word of God gives us life truths for living in this world. So we'll look at those first tonight. And then we'll come to these uh, these lessons in chapter 19 about life conduct, living in the fear of the Lord. I've said to you before, I'm repeating just to make sure we're together. uh, the, The theme of the book of Proverbs is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you fear God, you will grow in wisdom. You're a wise person if you fear God. You're an unwise person if you don't fear God. We must fear God in a way not only to reverence Him, but recognize His power to keep us alive or, as the Lord said, fear Him who can kill the body and throw you into hell. Fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. So that's the theme And uh, weeks ago, we looked at that and I gave you an outline of all of the verses in the book of Proverbs that have to do with the fear of the Lord and tried to bring them together. And you're welcome to go out and find those. So first we read now uh, Proverbs chapter 19 on life and conduct. Better is a poor man than, and, and as I've mentioned to you before, as you read through tonight, perhaps the Holy Spirit will say to you, now that verse is for you. That verse is for you. That saying, that phrase is for you. This is always the way the Lord works. So we we now open our hearts and our minds to the Holy Spirit. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge. And he who hurries his footsteps errs, falls into error. Makes mistakes. Verse 3 The foolishness of man ruins his way, and his heart rages against the Lord. Wealth adds many friends, but a poor man is separated from his friend. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will not escape. Many will seek the favor of a generous man. And every man is a friend to him who gives gifts. All the brothers of a poor man hate him. How much more do his friends abandon him? He pursues them with words, but they are gone. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. A false witness will not go unpunished. And he who tells lies will perish. Luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a slave to rule over princes. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression. The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion. But his favor is like dew on the grass. A foolish son is destruction to his father. And the contentions of a wife are a constant dripping. House and wealth are an inheritance from fathers. But a prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness casts into a deep sleep. And an idle man will suffer hunger. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul. But he who is careless of conduct will die. One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord. And he will repay him for his good deed. Discipline your son while there is hope. And do not desire his death. A man of great anger will bear the penalty. For if you rescue him, you will only have to do it again. Listen to counsel and accept discipline, that you may be wise the rest of your days. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. What is desirable in a man in his is his... What is desirable in a man is his kindness, and it is better to be a poor man than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Here we are as our theme so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish, but will not even bring it back to his mouth. Strike a scoffer and the naive may become shrewd, but reprove one who has understanding and he will gain knowledge. He who assaults his father and drives his mother away is a shameful and disgraceful son. Cease listening, my son, to discipline and you will stray from the words of knowledge. A rascally witness makes a mockery of justice, and the mouth of the wicked spreads iniquity. Judgments are prepared for scoffers and blows for the back of fools. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word, and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher in Jesus' name. Amen. So now we come to our focus tonight, the fear of the Lord leads to life. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And let's look again at verse 23. This will be our theme. And around this fall, these great truths. They'll be the truths we'll see over the successive weeks on life and conduct. God's fear. What does it it do to us in the way we live? How does it affect us uh, in our conduct, in our behavior? Well, we'll learn a lot uh, from these chapters. You can bundle them together and you'll find some great themes and truths. First of all, the fear of the Lord leads to life, we read in verse 23, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Or as we read in the the paraphrase, the Aramaic, he who fears the Lord earns life, he shall abide in contentment free from misfortune." Let's talk about sleep for a few moments tonight. Some of you are ready to go to sleep. Perhaps I'm going to put you to sleep. I'm not here to try to put you to sleep. Well, Paul, some of, one of the most famous preachers in the whole world, Paul, he put a boy to sleep and he fell out the window and died. And then Paul had to go down there, didn't he, Adam, and bring him back to life. Praise God, the Lord brought him back to life. So I'm not responsible for whether you stay awake or go to sleep. I do like what the old preacher Spurgeon said. It's better to be fully asleep than half awake. So if you're half awake tonight, lean over on your brother or sister and just sleep away and we'll wake you up in 25 minutes. Let's talk about sleep for a moment. The fear of God Gives you satisfactory sleep. It's not the kind of mattress you have. It's not the kind of mattress you have. It's not the kind of linens you put on your bed. It's the fear of the Lord. What is it that gives sleep? Well, there are people tonight who will not be able to go to sleep. They're dreading. They like it now because it's light so long. But you know what's going to happen. It's Tennessee. By the time we're to whatever it is, October, it'll be dark at four o'clock in the afternoon. You know what's going to happen. Oh, they like it because it's daylight. They can look around, they can be awake, but oh, the fear that comes, the fear of the dark, the fear of sleep. Sleepless nights, sleepless nights lead to terrible days. People are weary and tired because they do not sleep. My doctor told me if I sleep more, I'd lose weight. Well, it's not working. So sleep has great value for all of us. Let's take a little journey in the Word of God for just a moment about sleep. The fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24. We'll just do this quickly, but we, we're on sleep for a moment. Sleep tied to the fear of the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 3, we have these appeals to us as uh, wisdom speaks to us. The Lord Jesus is the wisdom of God. So he speaks to us and says to us, verse 21 My son, let these words not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they will be life to your soul adornment to your neck then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble when you lie down when you lie down you will not be afraid when you lie down your sleep will be sweet then we read in proverbs chapter 6 verse number 22 Proverbs six 22. We'll read beginning in verse 20. My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. Look at this now. And when you sleep, they will watch over you. What guards us in our sleep? obedience to the Word of God, remembering God's Word, God's truth. And then I would read to you also just quickly from uh, Psalm uh, chapter 4. Let me just uh, call you to that for a moment. Psalm 4, verse uh, number 8. But let's read up above. Many are saying, verse, this is 4, 6. Many are saying, who will show us any good? That's what the world says. Is there any good? Is there anything good? Who will show us any good? Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. You have put gladness, look at this. Now, here's a testimony of a righteous man. You have put gladness in my heart more than when their grain and new wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord make me to dwell in safety sleep the fear of the lord even helps us have satisfying sweet protective sleep you see you're untouched by evil this is very important for us as we think about because in the night watches and in the night times people have great terrifying dreams But when the believer in Christ fears the Lord, he gives to us sweet sleep and and renews our minds and our hearts so that we might be of value to others. With that in mind, so the fear of the Lord leads us to understand the way life is on the earth. Here's the reality. I've given it to you in, uh, what is it? Seven different categories. Poverty and integrity. Riches and friendship. Foolish living. Discretion, anger and kindness, wealth and inheritance, man's plans and God's purposes and laziness, fights and false witnesses. Let's look at these for just a moment because I want to move on and we'll, we'll spend some of our time here on these. And then I want us to get to these uh, principles of life conduct that are for us as believers. First, we have poverty and integrity. And if you noticed as we were reading, this is one of the things you always do, notice the frequency of words. You noticed several times the word, the poor man is spoken of. The poor man. Better is a poor man who walks in integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. You know, the same values of the ancient world are true in the modern world. In the ancient world, if you were poor, you were a failure, you were a loser, you were unsuccessful, you were lazy, all of these things. Move to 2023. A poor man, why they're just not industrious. Why they're just lazy. Why they could do better. We go on and on. The reality of it is there are many reasons and causes for poverty. Whether you like it or not, there are many reasons for poverty. And some of you, I want to remind you, came from poverty. And God blessed you in the midst of a poor family. And the Lord reminds us, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Poverty. Poverty. Poverty is something that we uh, learn to desire more rather than to live in contentment. So do you live in contentment in poverty or in riches? This is a very important question. So this matter of poverty and the poor comes up often. Our Lord talks about the poor. He talks about the poor. And we should pay attention to what our Lord says about the poor. Better is a poor man who walks in integrity. I've given it to you here. What does this Hebrew word integrity mean? It means, bless, uh, better is a poor man who is blameless, who is innocent, that is, not being charged or accused with wrongdoing. Or simplicity is a word. Better is a poor man who walks in simplicity. That doesn't mean stupidity, it's simplicity, simpleness. Simpleness. His life is not complicated. Like some, as Paul said, who want to get rich, tie themselves up into all kinds of problems that they can never get out of. Well, we see here that it's better, the the integrity of a man is better than his bank account. So we see this principle for life. This is different from the world's view. Better is the rich man is always the tune of the world. Then he, but he then makes the comparison, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse, and we've seen that word often, it means to twist, who's twisted in his speech, and is a fool. There's nothing worse than talking to somebody who twists everything they say, perverts all their language, and lives like a fool. And you know what living like a fool is? It's living without the fear of God. Foolish people live without the fear of God. And we're surrounded by it, and we too can be guilty of it. Perversity in speech comes from a foolish lifestyle. But then you notice in verse number two, also, it says, also. So again, we're having some, this is about life. This is about life now. And also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge. We're to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have a job or a, a, a particular profession, you grow in the knowledge of what you do for your job. You're always learning. You're always being trained uh, to do better and to know more. Knowledge is, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge. The saddest thing in this world we know is, and, and we support as believers the importance of education, of knowledge, of training, of learning. And he who hurries his footsteps always has a problem. So we see this matter of hurrying along and it ruining our ways. You see, foolishness of a man ruins his way and notice His heart rages against the Lord. We get in a hurry. We hurry, we flurry, and we worry. Have you ever noticed how hurrying, worrying go together? If we just, what is it? Let's just go faster, and that'll be better. Go faster. Hurry up. How many times have we said that to one another? Hurry up. I know I've said to my kids, hurry up hurry up hurry up i said to my grandkids hurry up hurry up why are we hurrying why are we hurrying what is it that makes us go so fast what is it that causes us could it be that we are angry with god notice the foolish the foolishness of man ruins his ways and his heart rages That's quite a powerful word. Rages, frets, angered, enraged against God. God, why have you done this? God, why have you let this happen? God, I'm not going to ever serve you because these things have happened in my life. So many things here. Riches and friendship, four to seven. Wealth adds many friends. Now, if you get rich, get ready, you're going to have a lot of new friends. As I said, Sundays we were talking about making friends in heaven, as we give to the Lord, what's the Latin phrase? Money finds friends. Money finds friends. So here we have the turn of it now. We have the poor man, but now we have wealth that adds many friends, but a poor man is separated from his friend. He doesn't have anything to offer me. Why am I going to be a friend with this guy? He has nothing to offer me. He's a poor man. This is the world. This is the way the world lives. Wealth adds many friends, but a poor man is separated from his friend and a false witness will not go unpunished. And he who tells lies will not escape. He who testifies falsely is doomed. We read in foolish living But up above, what did the Lord say? I gave it to you from Luke 12. Whatever you've said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. A false witness, let's go on, 9 to 10. A false witness will not go unpunished. When we lie, when we lie, we're going to be found out. You can't lie and get away with it. What do we tell our children? Tell the truth even if it hurts. And he who tells lies will perish. A false witness will not go unpunished. And he who testifies falsely is doomed. And luxury is not fitting for a fool. The pleasantness of life comes for those who are wise, not for those who are fools. Discretion and anger. In 11, a man's discretion. Now we learn another good word. Integrity in verse 1. And now we learn the word discretion. This word is very important. The word discretion means to have insight, to have good sense, to have good sense. A man's, you know, good sense. Think about our English word, good sense. We've, we've sensed things. You see, the mature, what does the book of Hebrews teach us? The mature believer has their senses trained to know good and evil. That's maturity. You, you sense it and say, wait a minute, that's, that's evil. You sense it. Good senses. This is what happens when we fear God. We gain discretion. And it makes us slow to anger. What's the value of being so angry? It never, the wrath of man will not accomplish the purposes of God. It's never of any help to be mad and angry. And it is the glory of a, a man of discretion, one who fears God, to overlook a transgression. Somebody's done you wrong, let it go. Let it go. Move on. Wealth and inheritance. So many things here. House and wealth are an inheritance from fathers, a prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness casts, you know, the lazy casts into a deep sleep. Idle men suffer hunger. This is is the way wisdom reminds us of what happens. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul. But if you're careless in your conduct, you die. All around us, we see this. And then man's ways in verse 21. Man's plans are in a man's heart. We, We see this matter of man's plans. We plan things, don't we? We're planners. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do here. What did the Lord say about the rich farmer? I've got my money, so I'm going to build a bigger barn. He had a plan. And what did the voice say from heaven? Fool, your soul is required of you tonight. You're making your earthly plans, but you've not made any heavenly preparation in your life. Notice, many designs are in a man's mind, but it is the Lord's plan that is accomplished. And then finally, you just have this whole list of uh, things about the sluggard, the sluggard, the lazy man. He's so lazy, he can't even pick his hand up out of the bowl he's eating from. That is pitiful laziness. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. How pathetic he is but he will not even bring it back to his mouth to feed himself. That's the essence of laziness. Well, these are all life truths. This this informs us on the way life is. It's what happens to me when I am in this condition. It happens to you. It happens to those around us. But what about life conduct? Well, let's look quickly here at these phrases and we'll be done. We have here five very important uh, commands that we gain. This is the way we're to live in the fear of God. This is the way we're to live. Again, from this chapter, 19.8. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. If you love yourself in the right way, you want the wisdom of God. You want your life to matter for the gospel. You want your life to matter for the glory of God. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. Those who love their, their soul in the right way, you know, we we learn love your neighbor as yourself. And we're not talking about self-love in the sinful way here. We're talking about the way God made us so that we care for ourselves. We look after ourselves. You know, when you meet someone who's in Trouble. The first thing they do is they quit caring about themselves. They don't eat right. Uh, they don't sleep. They don't take care of themselves. They don't look well. They don't. They don't take care. Of, they don't groom themselves. They don't do what they. It's it's a it's a, a clear sign of someone who's struggling in their own soul with themselves. I remind you today that there are more young people committing suicide than at any other time in American history. Children who aren't satisfied with the way they look or how tall they are or their, their family of origin or what they have or don't have or how they're compared or they've been spoken to and bullied and dominated and controlled. This is a real thing in our world today. This is a real matter. You should talk to Brother Tim sometime. You should talk to Brother Tim. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. So when we pick up the Word of God, you you are showing appropriate care for yourself when you read the Word of God to gain wisdom and live in the fear of God. And he who keeps understanding finds good. So keep understanding, my friends. That is, we've learned the wisdom of God and it leads to understanding. In other words, God's wisdom says this to us and we go, oh, now I understand. You say that in your lang- in language just like I do. We hear knowledge and the knowledge then gives us understanding. Oh, I, someone shows us how you do it and then we understand it. That's why you now You can fix about anything you want, just go on Google and you go, oh, now I understand it. And of course you break it when you do it that way, but that's what people do. Secondly, we obey the commands of God. He who keeps the commandments keeps his soul. Now, isn't that an interesting phrase in verse 16? He who keeps the commandments keeps his soul. How do I take care of myself? This is is a, notice verse eight was about the soul. Now we come to verse 16. It's about the soul. If you keep God's Word, if you obey, if you seek. Now look, we're not going to be perfect in our obedience. But we can be genuine and sincere. We have a desire to obey God with all of our heart. Though we're going to fail. And here we have this beautiful picture in verse 16. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul. What a wonderful phrase that is. You ought to keep that. Put that somewhere. If you want to care for your soul, you obey God. You do what the word of he who keeps a commandment keeps his soul, but he who's careless dies. He who has regard for his life pays regard to the commandments. He who is heedless of his ways will die. Third, discipline your children. Discipline your children. Discipline your son while there's hope. It doesn't say discipline your children before they're 15. It doesn't say discipline your children before they're 20. It doesn't say discipline your children before they're three. It says discipline your son while there's hope. While there's hope. Discipline comes, that is, discipline is not just uh, that physical idea of discipline. It is structure routine. It is putting them in a in a way in which they can succeed, structure for a child, a schedule for a child. Discipline them while there's hope. Discipline your child and do not desire his death. Uh, do not set your heart on his destruction. Children can cause us great pain and sorrow, but we never wish upon them that they were dead. This is what we do. We discipline our children. We teach our children. We teach them. We listen to wise counsel. Verse 20, listen to counsel and accept discipline. This could be a good motto for you at your job. As my young grandson says, well, these bosses that I have to work for, they don't know anything. Really? Are you serious? You're 22. What do you know? Adam, you got any of those on your shift? Don't answer that out loud. But here it is, isn't it? Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. You know, you'll never regret Humbling yourself and accepting advice. And that includes spiritual advice. The saddest thing in the church is to meet someone who is unteachable. It's the sad thing. The Lord Jesus, our Lord, friends, our Lord was walking the face of the earth. Beautiful, glorious words coming out of His mouth. Healing, raising the dead casting out demons and you have the unteachable Pharisees Could it, is that really true yes listen to counsel listen to advice and accept discipline in order that you may be wise in the end and finally learn don't be unteachable a secondary emphasis just the same notice I've given it to you now in verse 27 it's a negative but I wanted you to turn it to a positive Listen to discipline and you will not stray from the words of knowledge. But notice it's given to us in a negative. Cease listening to discipline and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Somebody says, I used to be closer to God than I am today. You stopped listening. You stopped listening. I'm not talking about to the preacher. Talk about to the Word of God. You stopped listening to wisdom. You stopped listening to the Holy Spirit who is our teacher. You stopped listening. And if you stop listening you, you will stray away. Look, there's not one of us in this room. Not one of us, including the man speaking to you. We're in danger of straying away from, I wandered far away from God the hymn says. I wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. That son went far away in order to discover the blessing of his father and his love for him. Cease listening to discipline and you will stray from the words of knowledge. So tonight we see these words about life and conduct. And perhaps they'll be of some value to you as you uh, walk along life's way. Remember this again uh, Proverbs 19:23. The fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door. And so we pray, come Lord Jesus, don't we, church? Don't we? We pray, come Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank You for tonight. Thank You for the richness of the Word of God. These words are a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We hide these words in our hearts so that we might not sin against you. May we be people of integrity and discretion in a world of lostness. And may we share with somebody the gospel and tell them about Jesus this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Good to see all of you. And uh, say hello to somebody if you don't know them on your way out. Lord willing, see you Sunday. Have a great rest of the week.